I am Bishop Robert Gruss, the Bishop of the Diocese of Rapid City. In late May of 2015, the Diocese of Rapid City began an envisioning process meant to assist in clearly defining a course for ministry for the diocese for the next three to five years. The outcome of this process would help to strengthen and focus the necessary resources of the diocese so that more effective ministry could be carried out in building up the church in western South Dakota. From this planning process came the Diocesan Priority Plan, outlining a carefully defined mission statement to serve as the foundation. It also produced a set of core values that guides how we conduct ourselves as a diocese, a five-year vision statement to direct our plans, three major priorities for the diocese with supporting goals, and goals for the foundational ministries of the church in western South Dakota. In July of 2016, I completed a pastor letter entitled Through Him, With Him, and In Him, a spiritual guide to the diocesan priority plan. This document clearly defines the priority plan, and I have been invited and encouraged everyone in the diocese to read and fully engage this pastoral plan so that as our sacred mission states, each of us can do our part in attracting and forming intentional disciples who joyfully, boldly, and lovingly proclaim and live the mission of Jesus Christ leading to eternal life. What you are about to hear is a reading from Through Him, With Him, and In Him, a spiritual guide to the diocesan priority plan, continuing with our core value of charity. This will be followed by a group discussion with a panel of laymen and women and me. The core value of charity. The fifth core value is charity. This charity can be simply defined as loving God and others because God has first loved us. Loving God and our neighbor sums up the Christian life. Loving others must be seen as the priority in the church. Effective ministry hinges on love and not programs, however excellent these programs might be. Pope Benedict XVI expressed in Deus Caritas Est, quote, Love of neighbor, grounded in the love of God, is first and foremost a responsibility for each individual member of the faithful but it is also a responsibility for the entire ecclesial community at every level, from the local community to the particular church and to the church universal in its entirety. As a community, the church must practice love. Love thus needs to be organized if it is to be an ordered service to the community. End of quote. The love of Christ should compel us to willingly, cheerfully, and sacrificially give of ourselves in service of his church. The greatest command is that we love the Lord our God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. Therefore, the greatest purpose we have as the body of Christ is to love God and help others learn to love Him. All that we do should be affected by and driven by His love. It is the more excellent way. Love must be reflected in the way we worship, in the way we interact with others, in the way we educate our children in the faith, and ultimately in the way we live the whole of our lives. Of course, Jesus is the model for this love. Though the term love is one of the most frequently used and misused words, a word to which many different meanings have been attached, the true model was most clearly demonstrated when Jesus showed his love for his disciples in a most humble act of service by washing their feet. This is where true love finds its greatest expression. Love makes us want to serve. It fuels in us a desire to sacrifice ourselves for the beloved and for others. This is what was in the heart of Jesus toward his apostles 
and this is what he desires to form in the heart of every man, woman, and child. Antoine de Saint-Exuberet, in his book Wind, Sand, and Stars, said, quote, Love does not consist in gazing at each other, but in looking outward toward together in the same direction, end of quote. Father Raniero Cantalamesa, the preacher of the papal household, explained that loving one another means looking together in the same direction, in the direction of Christ. If we will turn to Christ and go forward together toward him, we Christians will draw closer to each other until we become what we prayed for, to be one with him and with the Father. If we want to be his faithful followers and live as the members of God's family that we are, then we must strive to follow his mandate and example. Quote, if I, therefore, the master and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you a model to follow, so that as I have done for you, you should also do. End of quote. This must first begin in our families, extend out into our faith communities, and then into the wider communities. In this way, we will sanctify the world. This is at the heart of the Eucharist, which we celebrate each week in our parishes. Jesus commands us to do this in his memory. In Deus Caritas Est, Pope Benedict XVI wrote, quote, Union with Christ is also union with all those to whom he gives himself. I cannot possess Christ just for myself. I can belong to him only in union with all those who have become or who will become his own. Communion draws me out of myself towards him, and thus also towards unity with all Christians. We become one body, completely joined in a single existence. Love of God and love of neighbor are now truly united. God incarnate draws us all to himself. We can thus understand how agape also became a term for the Eucharist. There God's own agape comes to us bodily in order to continue his work in us and through us. Worship itself, Eucharistic communion, includes the reality both of being loved and of loving others in turn. A Eucharist which does not pass over into the concrete practice of love is intrinsically fragmented. End of quote. As Jesus has shown us, love finds its greatest expression in how we serve others. But this service flows from our communion with Christ. The commandment of love is only possible because it is more than a requirement. Love can be commanded because it has first been given. In the writing of St. John, we are told, quote, Whoever is without love does not love no God, for God is love. In this way, the love of God was revealed to us. God sent his only Son into the world so that we might have life through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as expiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also must love one another. No one has ever seen God. Yet if we love one another, God remains in us, and his love is brought to perfection in us. End of quote. Because God cares for us and feels responsible for us, we have been created to receive his love. This generous love is brought to perfection when we reach out in love to others. In a wonderful book entitled The Wellspring of Worship, Father Jean Corbon speaks of this when he writes, The most fruitful activity of the human person is to be able to receive God. This is our beginning principle, that no matter what we engage in during our lives, 
work, play, civic duties, social activities, and whatever else we might conceive, the activity which will be most fruitful, that will bear the most fruit in our lives, is receiving God. We have been created to receive God who is love himself. God who became incarnate in Jesus, who chose to lay down his life for us sinners, because no one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. God expresses his love and care for us by drawing us to him through personal prayer, as stated in the first core value, but also through the sacramental life of the church. The sacraments reveal the providential care of God for each person from birth to death, no matter what their stage of life might be. The sacraments are the gifts of love which strengthen us on our journey in this world and lead us to salvation and eternal life. They stem from and point us to the Paschal Mystery, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Emanating from his cross, these personal encounters with Jesus are signs of his providential care for us. Through sacramental grace, we are sanctified and drawn more deeply into Christ's salvific act. Intentionally engaging in the sacramental life of the church propels us into the world filled with the love of God in Christ Jesus, so that we might be able to love the way God loves through the virtue of charity. Love is possible and we are able to practice it when we have been created because we have been created in God's image and likeness. Within each of us is the capacity to love as God loves, to care for others as God cares for us, and to reach out to others in the way God has reached out to all humanity. The life of charity is the summit of the Christian life. Behaviors which exemplify this core value of charity. We will seek God's love in the sacraments and prayer. We will share God's love through building community and serving others, especially those most in need. We will protect and defend the dignity of human life in all its stages. In looking at this core value of charity, all individuals and families of the diocese are asked to reflect upon the way in which this core value is the summit of their Christian lives. Each person should reflect upon the behaviors listed above which exemplify this core value and consider how he or she might more fully embrace this life of charity. In the words of St. Paul, If I have all faith so as to move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away everything I own, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. So faith, hope, and love remain, these three, but the greatest of these is love. So I'd like to take this opportunity now to welcome our panel. Thank you for being with us today to, to, you know, to share your thoughts and your own inspiration on this core value of charity. But first to introduce yourself, uh, maybe tell you where you're from and what parish and anything else you might want to share with our audience today. Yeah, uh, my name is Joey Fritz. I'm from Coon Rapids, Minnesota, and I serve here in Rapid City as a, a focused missionary at the South Dakota School of Mines Newman Center with Father Mark McCormick as our pastor. I'm Sue Jimerson. Um, I've spent most of my adult life here in Rapid City and have been involved in a number of ministries through the diocese, through the Pro-Life Commission, Rachel's Vineyard, the Social Justice Commission, and I welcome this opportunity. I'm Judy Zita, and I've lived in Rapid about 20 years, and I work out at Terra Santa Retreat Center, and I go to the cathedral. 
Well, great. Well, welcome to all of you. You know, all of you, you are a part of this panel today because you are known as people who live this core value of charity. So as you read through, you know, in the through him, with him, in him, the spiritual guide to this priority plan, what struck you about um, the core value of, of charity for you personally? Well, for me, um, I spent a lot of time in adoration, and just I just know that the more that I receive the Lord willingly and joyfully and sacrificially serving people, it just sends me forth to do that. But I have to spend that time with Him and just be with Him and receive His love in order to give that. Well, like I said, with um, the involvement I've had with the different life issues, I could not do this kind of work without a stable foundation in my faith, um, with the love of God, and through experiencing people who have been through hard times and difficulties or challenges, knowing that we need to lift them up. We need to give our talents and our time to help them in some way so that they can live out their baptismal call just like we're trying to do. I think something that stuck out for me was just how charity should permeate every single action we do, every moment of our lives, in that all should be done with love. And just seeing it in my own work, working with college students, how those conversations should be led in love and not uh, an agenda or anything less than love, anything less than trying to know that person and giving myself to them and sharing myself with them. The word love and charity are kind of together, right? They kind of mean the same, don't they? You know, in, in many ways, but I think there's some difference, but really at the heart of charity is love. But we live in a culture today that, I don't know that love is always seen in that light. There's, there's so many other ways that our culture portrays love. Mm -hmm. And how can we, as faith-filled people, as the body of Christ, help our culture to look at love and the definition of what love really is in a different way? I think the best way is to lead by example and showing that true love is one where you are crucified. Lives have to be crucified for another, for their sake. The, the cultural love that you're talking about, I think, is very self-centered. I love this person because they make me feel good or because I receive something from them or I try to love myself through them even. And I think a way to, to show what a true self-sacrificial love is, is through modeling it for those that we're around, for those that are living in the secular world, in our acts and loving them and in loving others around us that they, the acts that they see us perform and partake in. I think we're also called, though, to speak the truth. You know, when we experience or we see people going through um, things that are not good for them or good for society, we are called to speak the truth to them we're called to speak the truth to society through advocacy for better public policy or for, for better ways to do things to honor people or to strengthen families. Mm -hmm. right. And I, I think too, a lot of it is just by our witness. Um, I feel like the Lord wants to use us as a witness of his love and mercy. Um, and just always, you know, thinking of the other person and treating them with that respect and dignity. Um, and just serving them in whatever way the Lord is calling us to serve them. I mean, it might be with a smile or a word of encouragement or literally serving them. But I think just being that witness and in our everyday, just the everyday life. You know, we can't, I mean, you know, in John's gospel, he's been very clear that 
you know, we, you know, we can only love others, right? We can only share charity toward others because we have been first loved by God, mm-hmm. right? And I think I, when I look at you three, you certainly know and experience deeply the depth of God's love for you. And so it's easy for you to go out and share that love with others because you know what it feels like interiorly to have received you know, that love from the Father, from Jesus, and, mm-hmm. and from the, the power of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, we live in a culture today, I, I just wonder if people really know how much God loves them. I mean, can they relate to that experience, I wonder, in the culture in which we live today? And if not, how can we lead others into that experience? Well, okay, I think, like, a lot of times, just running into people, it's like, just being that voice of the truth, of, um, you know, expressing to them how loved they are by God, you know, and it's like, um, I just see different, like, young people that have been placed in my pathway, and just being open and willing to share that with them, and, like, the Lord knows what they need, and what will get their attention, and what will touch their hearts, and I just feel like, you know, the Lord wants to use us as an instrument of His grace, and if we're obedient and do what He asks us to do, I feel like He knows how to get their attention. Does that make sense? No, it does. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so Absolutely. It's like, because He knows what they, I always hear like, I know what they need, you don't. And it's like, just, you know, be obedient and do what I ask you to do. God knows what they need or God will respond in the way that He feels is what they would benefit the most from. But. I think we also need to develop a better sense of accompaniment, being with people through some of the tough times. Um, You know, whether it's a a new mother or pregnant teen, or if it's an elderly person facing death. You know, these are the times when we are really called to step up. You know, you you picked up on one of the key phrases of our Holy Father, Pope Francis, this this sense of accompaniment mm-hmm. and how all of us you know, who, who are deeply in love with the Lord and who have deeply experienced His love are now are, are called to go out and accompany others. You know, we, we live in a world that's suffering. You know, many people are suffering in the world. Many faithful and faith-filled people are suffering in the world. But as the body of Christ, you know, when one suffers, St. Paul says, we all suffer in mm-hmm. some way. You know, in order to experience that suffering as part of the body of Christ, when another person suffers, it's really is to be in tune with love and Christ's deep love, you know, for all of us, no? Right. Yeah. When when you say that it's like you know, it's like and not being afraid to reach out to them. You know, go, go up to them after mass or call them. Just reaching out to them to actually experience the love of Christ through us. Because a lot of times when something happens people kinda of shy away and don't want to, they don't know what to say or they're afraid to approach them. I feel like we need to have that courage to go forth, you know, meet them, however that is, wherever they're at, and, you know, take them out for coffee or just being present with them or even offering to pray for them, you know, things like that. People are really touched by that. And that's what helps change their mind, probably, first of all, but their heart also, Mm -hmm. and helps them to um, realize that there's help available. Um, There's ways that... Uh, other Christians can surround them and, and be there for them, but there's also ways that they can reach out. And oftentimes we see um, the people who have the least that we judge as having um, little are the most generous, mm-hmm. the ones who are the most loving, and they're always there for each other. So uh, they challenge us too. 
Yeah, and you uh, picked up on something, this common term of meeting somebody where they're at. And I think that part of that accompaniment and meeting somebody where they're at is when you have to go to where they are and then ask them introspective questions. I mean, sometimes very straightforward of what does your relationship with God look like? I mean, we may see people at Mass or going to prayer maybe only because it's a task or something, a habit that they've formed and they're going, kind of going through the motions. But asking those questions to allow them to share the depth of their prayer and then sharing your own experiences with that, I think is a way that we can help direct them towards God and showing them how He's loved us and sharing those experiences that they can pick up on and relate to and say, oh, I'm, I'm in that same situation. Like, He is loving me just like He is loving this person. So, Joey, you are a focused missionary yes. at the Newman Center here at the School of Minds. And so your job is, I mean, you're not job, but you're a ministry because it's not a job. It's, mm-hmm. it's a ministry to which the Lord has called you out of his love yes. to go and share this love with others as a focused missionary. So you're encountering and accompanying these college students yes. um, who perhaps are away from home for the first time. Right, many of them, I would guess, at least if they're yeah. younger, the new students anyway. And and so, how do they respond to you when you um, want to share the Lord's love and you ask those probing questions, which I would say, you know, an eighteen-year-old would not, <laughs> might not be very comfortable in listening or yeah. hearing. <laughs> yeah, when I was eighteen, I probably wouldn't have been comfortable in hearing that myself. <laughs> so, some of the the students, especially the younger ones, you see a lot of uncertainty in. Like maybe they have gone to mass their whole life with their families, but it's never really clicked for them. So it's uncomfortable for them to hear of, of hearing God as somebody to have a relationship with even sometimes is, is new to them and it's uncomfortable because they just don't understand. Um, on the other hand, there are people who come in, come in from high school that were active in youth group and they had a wonderful catechesis and they do understand God as Father, not as rule giver or any, any of the other kind of contorted views. So the responses vary. I think something that the Newman Center is able to do is to be that home away from home for them as well. And I think uh, one of the most simplest aspects of charity can be hospitality. So like after Mass, for example, I'll make sure that there's nobody who's just standing alone, not talking to anybody. Or if there's somebody who comes to the Newman Center for Mass that I've never talked to before or never seen before, I'm going to go talk to them so that they know that they know somebody at the Newman Center and it can start feeling like that second home for them. And then I'll invite them to something. And that's a a big aspect too, is like putting on these events to invite people to that they can feel and know that they are wanted, even in this, through this imperfect way of me telling them that I want them here, they can hopefully get a better understanding of how much God wants them totally and completely. That's great. Yeah, this sense of relationship right. is totally key to charity. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to have a relationship with God, first of all, but then in order to work or do acts of charity, we have to accept that responsibility and that relationship that we have with other people. And the more we do that, the more loving, the more generous we become. Mm-hmm. I'm going to shift gears just a little bit, but it's also all connected to charity. But um, I think it's important for us, you know, to help our, our listeners understand, you know, the depth of God's love for them in and through the sacramental life of the church. 
mm-hmm. right? You know, we, we can experience and we can live this core value of charity by going out and loving, right? And we're all called to do that. But as I said earlier, you know, we can only love because it comes out of God's own personal love for us. And when we look at the sacramental life of the church, you know, it is those sacramental moments, those deep, personal, intimate encounters with Jesus in those sacraments where the Lord expresses his love and care for us by drawing us to himself, not just through our own personal prayer, but through the sacramental life of the church. You know, how can, how can we help others to come to a deeper experience of Christ? you know, in the celebration of the sacraments. What would, I mean, you experience his love deeply and um, as you celebrate, as you encounter him in the sacraments. And what, one is, what, what's that like for you? And, and what would you say to others? You know, what encouragement could you give to others to help them, you know, open their heart maybe to, you know, to such an experience? One thing, like even just inviting them, you know, inviting them to go with you to Mass or like to go to reconciliation to participate in the sacraments, but also to share, I think, our experience with, with them, you know, to take that time and to, to share what's going on inside of me, like how the sacraments affect me. You know, somebody said one time, like, how often do, or how long do I have to go to Mass? And it's like, well, until you want to. But it's like, <laughs> but that sense of like, I mean, I want to be there. I mean, I won't miss Mass. I mean, unless there would have to be a really dire reason. But like me, for me to share that, because I feel like when we share our own stories, it touches people's hearts. Yeah, personal testimony is an extremely powerful tool in this. It's something that nobody can nobody can deny the experience that you've had. Mm-hmm. And especially if you do have a relationship with the person you're sharing with, your own testimony about anything, like about just daily Mass today, can mean so much to them because they know you as a person already. Mm-hmm. They're going to take everything you say, and they're going to believe it, and they're going to be curious about it, and they're going to want it. And like for me, my whole... The whole reason I'm a missionary is because I real like it really set in that Jesus is present in the Eucharist, and this is Him humbling Himself to be in a piece of bread. The infinite Creator humbles Himself to become finite and fragile for me, and it was that reception at Mass where His sacrifice that was something abstract before I kind of realized it, it became tangible in my hands. Like this is Him given up for me, and I really try to share that with students and any. Testimonies just from going to confession or beautiful things that happen in prayer at daily Mass. I'll talk about it with students after Mass sometimes, just as like those touch points of witnesses, witnessing to Christ's presence in the sacraments. Yeah, we're all touched by um, stories, especially um, the stories of people who are going through a tough time and they have felt keenly the uh, prayers of others or the love of others or instances for instance where my father right now is in hospice and just the witness of the priest that comes to where he is and is there for him um, the last sacraments you know those kind of things are are really powerful and really touching and uh, in sharing those with others or being or when it happens, you know, we're, we're really moved. So when I go out and do confirmations, I meet with the kids like an hour before the Mass for like 45 minutes. I have a really a long, nice period of time with them. And we talk about confirmation and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and, and um, 
of course, they're all petrified, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think I do most of the talking. But, um, but then I always ask them, I said, so I'm going to shift gears because I want to find out like what you think. And, I, and so I asked them the question. Every single class I asked the question, how many of you are bored at Mass? And I said, be honest, it doesn't matter to me, you know, it's, I mean, it does matter to me, but I'm not here to condemn you. I just want to know. And I would say probably 85% of our young people are bored at mass. Mm -hmm. And then I began to tell them the greatest Catholic secret, what I call the greatest Catholic secret. Every time we receive a sacrament, every time we participate in a sacrament, it's a personal, intimate encounter with Jesus and his deep love for us. Mm You know, the fact that Jesus cares for us deeply, deeply. You know, that blood that emanates from the cross of Jesus Christ poured out is really the greatest act of love for us. They, they look at the sacraments as events that they go to. You know, so when we go to an event, we can participate or we don't have to participate. And, and I, I talk to them about encounter. You know, are you there for an encounter? Or are you there for some other reason? And I, and I put it within the context of you know, how you became best friends. And this through a series of encounters over time where you were present to that person, mind and heart, they were present to you. Communication took place and your heart was changed. Right? It's how two people fall in love through a series of encounters over time. And I, this is what's happening in, in these sacramental moments, in these personal encounters with Jesus. As we come seeking the encounter and we're present to, to the Lord, mind and heart and spirit, we, through our participation, that's our communication to the Lord in these encounters, and we're drawn into this mystery of his love for us. With them, I, I kind of break the mass apart, and I talk about each part and how that, what that looks like. They look at you like, you know, deer in the headlights. You know, they, they, they've never heard this before, and their parents have never heard this before either. And so I, I think when we, if, if we want people to live a life of deeper charity, a life of greater love. It has to come out of a deeper experience of Christ's love for us. People have to make use of the ways in which the Lord has given to us you know, to experience that love. And profoundly, it's in the sacraments, the sacrament of baptism, where the Lord loved us so much, he brought us into his eternal life. You know, the sacrament of the Eucharist, where he loves us so much that he gives us everything, He nothing held back. You know, the sacrament of penance, where... You know, there's nothing we can do. There's no sin that we can commit that he will not forgive us because he just loves us so deeply and so profoundly. And so, I, so I, I mean, I'm kind of rambling on here, but the point is, is if we can help other people to come to the sacraments of the church seeking an encounter, first of all, helping them know this is really what's happening. Right. You know, this is a personal, intimate encounter with the one that loves you more than you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And he wants to share that love with you in these encounters. And and not as an event, but as an encounter. If we can help people understand that and encourage them just to be thinking about when they're coming to Mass, when they're coming to to, um, participate in the sacrament of penance, that, that I'm coming for an encounter with Jesus. And I believe this with my whole heart. And when we begin to come with this expectant faith, I will call it, then the sacramental life of the church begins to take on a whole new meaning for us. And our hearts will be like transformed, like there is no tomorrow. You know, it's such a beautiful experience. But, but I think we have, to, you know, we have to help people get to that point. But I think it's reorienting people's um, way of thinking about the sacraments. Not, they're not events that we attend. 
I mean, if we diminish them down to events, we diminish them down 99.99%. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're just deep, personal, intimate encounters that the Lord, that the Lord wants to have with us, yeah. you know, and hopefully we want to have it with the Lord. Ultimately, it's, it's these encounters that Jesus and the Father through the Holy Spirit wants to have with us. Yeah. And I think when we can do that, then people's life will be changed. And then we will really come to an understanding of how much God really cares for us and how much God really feels responsible for us mm -hmm. as people created in his image and likeness. Right. Huh? So I know we're almost out of time, so I don't want to take up the rest of the conversation myself, but obviously at the end of these core values, there are certain behaviors that we that I've written into the book, but you know, that exemplify the core value, whatever it might be. And certainly these, these uh, core value or these behaviors are not the end all and be all what I've listed in this, in this book. So there may be many others that people embrace in living out this core value uh, of charity. So I'm just going to kind of in closing out, I'm just give each of you a little bit of time to share with our listeners, you know, what's an important core value for you in living out in living out this core value of charity? Why don't we start with you, Joy? I'll kind of go back to how you've mentioned multiple times, charity has to come from our own relationship with God. And that's something that's been stressed into me a lot this year through prayer and reading and interactions with students and my teammates that we cannot share something that we don't have. And being a full-time missionary, sometimes the temptation comes in where uh, I start to stress too much the, the, good, the good things that I'm doing and kind of shying away from the source of those good things. And that work ends up becoming, the fruit from it ends up becoming like shriveling and dried up because I start leaning too much on myself instead of fully leaning on the Lord. been reading a book called Soul of the Apostolate, which emphasizes that same thing of being a reservoir, of being totally filled, and all of the mission work that I do coming as an overflow of how the Lord has already filled me, an overflow of peace and the joy that all those around me so desperately need, but I need to be filled with it first. And so this year in Rapid, I've been coming back to that a lot in prayer and just trying to be more totally receptive to what the Father wants to give me. So that what I do when I do go out and meet with the students, it's coming fully from Him, none of it me. Empty all of me so that He can fill all of me. And then that allowed it to overflow. Um, so I guess, yeah, for me, living out charity would come back to that, that focus on the divine intimacy being the first principle of evangelization, your own divine intimacy, because I cannot share what I do not have. Okay, great. Well, thank you. Sue, how about you? In all the work I've done in both pro-life and social justice, it comes down to the knowledge, partly, that, you know, this is God's work. God has the final answer. God will work this out no matter what we as human beings end up doing. But we are his hands and his feet. And when I look at all that's happened over the years that I've been involved, the ups and the downs and the joys and the disappointments, it's just kind of a matter of persevering. So partly perseverance, fortitude, sticking with it in good and in bad, um, knowing that you're trying to do something that God wants, that extends his love to people, 
that helps improve the common good. So I would say perseverance. Great, thank you. Judy, bring us home. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I love this quote. You have it in your book, and you've said it many times, but the most fruitful activity of the human person is to be able to receive God. And so uh, one day I was sitting at adoration, and I, just this overwhelming sense of gratitude that, you know, the Lord wants, wants me just to spend time with me. He just wants to be with me, and he wants me just to be with him. And for me, it's just so much just time in adoration, the sacramental life of the church, I mean, just allowing his love to fill me totally and completely so that, you know, he can dwell with me, within me, like like he's, Joey said, less of me, more of him, so that no matter where I go, no matter what I do, whether that be at the retreat center, at, at church, just in my daily life, that it's really people, when they encounter me, that they would encounter the Lord present within me. Um, because he wants to touch them, and he wants to, them to know the depths of his love for them. And I, I just feel like he wants to use us as an instrument of his grace to touch them. Panel, thank you for being with us today. You are all just beautiful examples of the core value of charity. You live it daily in your lives, and uh, many people have been touched by your own charity and by your own love for the Lord. So thank you for being with us today. Thank you. So let's Thank conclude you. our prayer in a prayer. Glory be to the Father, Amen. and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go now in the peace of Christ. Thanks be to God.